Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Rider for the Band. My name's Katie and in this episode I talked to Harrison from Talk Show. It was an absolute pleasure to speak to Harrison and I am really, really excited about Talk Show's new album which is out on the 16th of February. There are a couple of tracks out on it now which I would highly, highly recommend. Um, So there's Gold and then my personal favourite is Closer. I love their songs. I'm really excited about their music and I can't wait to see how the rest of it sounds. I'm I'm buzzing for February, especially after this chat um, where we talked about influences, how, how he works, how they work as a band and of course what is on his fantasy rider. So let's do it shall we? This is Harrison from Talkshow. Hello, um, yeah, I'm Harrison from Talkshow. Um, God, tell us a little bit about Talkshow. We have been playing together as an outfit from its very first inception for about six years, seven, depending on when you decide to to change that date. Um, we, yeah, we all met at Goldsmiths. Um, I'm from Manchester. Tom's from Essex, George's from Chichester, Chloe's from Devon, we're from like all over. Um, and yeah, we, we kind of, our thing has evolved over the years. Um, but it's been like a really necessary evolution, I think. Because um, of COVID, the C word that no one's allowed to talk about anymore. So that's what we don't talk about. But yeah, I think that kind of kick-started a bit of a change for us. Just in terms of like, sound and direction and what we're trying to go for and the way that we were doing it we're just like right let's just change this up um yeah and it was necessary and i'm really proud of the direction that we're going in it's kind of electronic and 90s inspired um guitar music i suppose um yeah that's like a 30 second rundown. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we um we basically, I think when we first started, we used to, um, we used to take influences a lot more from like 70s punk stuff. So Stranglers, Early Cure. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of Echo and the Bunnymen in there at times. And then, it, yeah, it just it just shifted. So it was like, I just noticed I wasn't listening to the same music anymore. I was just wanting to do a different thing. Um, and I was just like, right, I just want to write something that's like Nine Inch Nails and Chemical Brothers and the KLF and Beastie Boys all at once, which the band hated me for suggesting. But <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's been, it's been great. And I'm, re- yeah, like I said, like, I'm really proud of what we're about to release, basically, as we're on the verge of releasing our debut album. That's exciting. And you had um, Remy Kabaka produce it, right? Which is really exciting. Yeah, having Remy in the studio was mental. Like, absolutely mental. Um, And a lot of fun. And really pushed us as well which was great I was like really um 
really happy with the way that we approached kind of recording because um, I think more so than ever before, we re Remy really got the most out of us, if that makes sense. He really kind of like tested how much we knew the material and how much we were willing to throw away and change and push. And it definitely took on its own like new lease of life, can you see, shall we say. Um, which was really refreshing as well. Um, the, the EP before that, we've been with Hot Chip, like Jay, um, Joe Goddard and Al Doyle, and that was incredible as well. But it was not, it was again, it was a, it was a different step. It was a different method, I think, working with Remy. Um, and affected the outcome for sure. Um, he's also got some wicked stories to tell. <laughs> he's like seriously, <laughs> seriously funny. Um, so yeah, big up to Remy because yeah, yeah. I'd love to pin him down and just ask him loads of stories about gorillas. That would be my. <laughs> it, do you know what? It's it's more the stories about all the other features rather than gorillas itself. It's just like all the other people he's worked with, aside from gorillas. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot you worked with them. Oh yeah, I forgot you did that. And I'm like, oh my god, like, I think. Yeah. In general, I think something like that is really inspiring as well and is definitely something that I want to adopt within talk show of like pushing it and working with other people and seeing what you can get out of it and seeing how far you can take it. Do you know what I mean? Like he's obviously talking to me just like flippantly about it. Like, yeah, we just did this, we did that, and kind of did this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, that's really cool like that's rather than just because you come out with something great it's just you opened your mind to working with loads of other people and taking in as much as you can from everyone around you or what the what the kind of by gorillas being so successful have you been successfully able to like the platform that that gives you are you utilizing it in the right way to like fund back into your creativity do you know what i mean that sounds really wanky when I say it like that, but it, I don't know. It's 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 refreshing sitting with someone like that and just going like, "Wow, yeah, cool." Yeah, I don't think it does sound wanky. I think it's like um, I don't know, using your power for good. Like they've they've come from somewhere and then had all of this success, and the fact that they're going to work with different people and not just go, "Now I've worked with gorillas, I'm only going to work with," you know, I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, totally, and like. Yeah, I don't know, it's just that I found very inspiring and been like, that is an approach that I definitely want to adopt. Um, and not everything you're going to do is going to work as well. I bet he's got tons and tons of people he's worked with or, do you know what I mean? Damon's worked with or whatever, that they've got, they'll never see the light of day because it's like, well, it just didn't work. But you've got to try it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big thing for... Um for bands especially with with you guys because like you said you had like all these different influences especially for your new stuff so it makes for a, a different sound I was talking to the Howlers about this like you culminate all of these different um places and come to a place where it's it's a very unique sound like a sound that's yours which makes it so much more interesting than just trying to recreate something else yeah massively Massively. I think also 
because people get, I think at times, I don't know, the common consensus is like, it's all about, especially with music and creativity, it's like new, 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 like, oh, this is just a rip-off, this is just a rip-off of this, this is just a rip-off of that. It's like, it becomes like this never-ending, like, it's such an onus on, like, like, being new and not sounding like anyone else. Same time. Stuff that doesn't sound like anyone else a lot of the time is rubbish because you can't relate it to anything. <laughs> like, it doesn't. I like going, oh, I like that reference. I like how they've used that reference. I like how they've done that. I'm not saying that everyone's allowed to start ripping off riffs and whatever. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying that. Like, everyone's going <laughs> to become some musical thief. But, like, there's such an onus on like originality. Like, originality can take form in many different ways. Like, you can use what is around you already, and that is original, because you interpret it in a different way. Rather than just, like, pulling something out of your ass and like, well, it's original. It's like, it doesn't make it good. It can still be bad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, some of it's about, like, not being um, self-conscious about it as well. Sometimes people don't want to use a reference because it's not, like, cool, in inverted commas. But actually, it can sound really cool if you bring if you bring in something different. It's, uh, yeah, you're not just trying to be like yeah, one thing. Like, like, I'm not going to get up stage and pretend that what we're doing is not invi- inspired by someone. Like, that's dumb. I don't need to do that. I don't need to pretend that it's not been done before. Like, I'm not the first person on planet Earth that's trying to make dance music on guitars. So <laughs> there's no point trying to pretend, like, even remotely try and sell that to people because I'm not like I'm not the first person to do it it like yeah and so it, it, I think you then set yourself up for failure if you're kind of then pretending that you're not inspired by a lot of different things and like you're just this weird little genius that sits in a room and doesn't hasn't <laughs> experienced anything all of a sudden has come along like a light beam from out space and you've been struck by the thoughts of the universe and you found something incredible like no no you've not like we all know <laughs> back in high school you like some really embarrassing music do, do you know what I mean? it's like yeah <laughs> well then you're just morrissey i guess if you if you have that opinion of yourself yeah listen yeah, <laughs> yeah. what's um so, so you guys went on tour earlier in the year the end of april start of may what's the dynamic of you guys as a band um on stage and on tour how do you work together Ooh, you know what? I've never, ever, ever been asked that question. Very interesting. Um, yeah, it's great. We're friends. Like, it's it's tough. We kind of act like a family, I suppose. We fall out, we get on. We fall out, we get on. Um, and at the end of the day, there's a job to do, right? There's, there's like, when someone's being a douche, you're going to be like, stop being a douche we've got a job to do like you're not the only person that's got to sit in the car for eight hours to drive to this gig the other three have got to sit in the car for eight hours and drive to this gig um but yeah it's nice when we had when we've had those moments of like big shows and you're like oh yeah wow like we got ourselves here and that's really nice that's a really nice moment to like share with people you know what i mean um i think also just the general levels of working. Like, I mean, I think maybe when we first started, 
I was writing a lot more of the material. Um, and was would kind of st- it would still be collaborative. I would still present it to the band. We would work stuff out. We change stuff in rehearsal rooms. Blah blah blah. We'd play it live. We'd then go that didn't work. Let's change the hero or let's take out that middle eight or that section or whatever. Um, and I think again one from the last EP going into this album, it kind of shifted again, and we started way more collaborative collaboratively. That's the word, collaboratively. Um, mouthful. Um, so, yeah, it kind of started where maybe we'd start with George and Chloe and we'd focus on a rhythm section first. Then we would build on top of it with a guitar part or my vocals or whatever. Um, I think that's also aided by we were trying to write a different style and type of genre of music. So it kind of had to be written in a different way in my eyes. Um, It's kind of going to be hard for me to sit there with a guitar and a couple of chords and a verse to then try and write the same kind of music because the focus is on a different thing, I think. Um, I, I think in the back of my head, I always wanted the guitars to kind of be more textural anyway. Even from the start, I wanted it to be like very rhythm focused and we build everything on top of that I just didn't know maybe how to go about it at first or how or like didn't have the confidence to go for that because I can't play drums do you know what I mean like I also hate using logic so to try and sit there and program a load of drums is just fucking oh, oh, it's like pulling teeth in my eyes <laughs> and I get it's like you've got to do it musicians you've got to kind of basically have some form of a know-how to record yourself that I love I can like playing around with effects and vocals and guitars, that's cool. But then trying to just sit there tediously and program drums and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It's tedious as hell. So I think, yeah, it, that's what's kind of shifted. Um, and I think maybe people have more of an onus on the parts that they're playing as well. Like I always wanted people to feel like they owned their own part, if that makes sense. Um, obviously we still have loads of debates of like well I don't think the crash should go there or I don't like that riff there and there's elements of going well I do or well it, in in my head it doesn't make sense if we don't like don't do it like this we'll try it we'll play it we'll test it at a gig the best way to know is always after a gig and it's like you're right fair enough you're not right fair enough whatever I'm wrong whatever um, yeah we're a weird little family that have been doing it for a very long time. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's ace, though. And what, what was, of the tour, what would be, like, your highlight or the weirdest thing that happened on the tour? Ooh. Do you know what? It was just a lot of fun, you know? Like, what was a bit strange was, I think it was the first gig of the tour, was Oxford, I think. And it was kind of weird playing this, like, dirty, dark little punk show. And then in the morning, just, like, walking around this, like, beautiful, like, (laughs) university campus. And, like, everyone's walking around with loads of fucking massive textbooks and stuff. And I'm like, this is, like, the polar opposite of 
what I just did last night. It just it was weird. It was like it was really beautiful, serene day, and I'm like a little bit hungover and like also just really having a nice time. But every also sitting, going and getting a coffee, sitting in a coffee shop, and just knowing everyone else in the room is like ten thousand times more cleverer than you are. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> massive, massive sex books and just deep in thought and work, and you're like. Jesus, fair play. Like it was it was it was cool and weird at the same time. Yeah. What was the audience like then? Was the audience like did it seem like a group of academics watching a punk band or? Nah, not really. I think Yeah, no, I think it just felt like a not a normal gig really. Um which is why I think I had the weird moment the next day of like this is kind of strange. Um and also everything looking like it's on Harry Potter. Do you know what I mean? That was kind of really weird and cool. Um, the, gig was, the gig was great, though. I do remember really liking that Oxford show a lot. Um, the other really good show on that on that day was the... On, on that tour was when we played the Brudenell, um in Leeds. And that was really great. It's always just loads of fun playing that venue. Um, Tom's a massive snooker fan, and so they've just got tons of pool tables. So we're just playing rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds of pool before we have to play, um, which is great. Although my record is terrible against him. To be fair to Tom, he's actually very good. So, yeah. I can't believe I'm actually admitting Ooh. that on a podcast. But yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, give him, I'll give him his powers for that, do you know what I mean? He's good. Yeah. Ooh. I wonder if um, I'm not on that question yet, but I wonder if that would be on Tom's rider to just have a snooker table everywhere you go. Apparently, that's what's on the Rolling Stones rider. Apparently, it's a snooker table. Oh. Apparently, Johnny Wood is a massive snooker fan. Um. And but apparently they all are as well. And apparently that's um the one thing that's always on the rider. Whether it still is or it's just rumour and hearsay, who knows? But apparently that's what I've heard. So that's pretty cool. Basically, if we have a snooker table in our dressing room, that essentially makes us similar to an on par with the Rolling Stones. No one can say anything otherwise. I'm taking that. Yeah, you were <laughs> yeah. here first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so in September, you had Closer Out, and you've got another single coming out in November. And you're gearing up towards something big, right? Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, gold is going to be the next single, and I love it. I really, really love it, um, and I'm not really ashamed or embarrassed to say it. I think when we wrote that song, it was not long after we finished the previous EP. And I think we all just kind of knew, I was like, oh, right, we've got a song here. Like, we, this, in my eyes, it is the best song we've written. Like, um, and I think as soon as we wrote that, it was like, oh, yeah, we've, we've got something good here. Like, I'm really looking forward to this, to, like, getting this finished and out and, like, leading the album and all that kind of stuff. Um and it just and it was that thing of like right okay let's change the focus let's start with the rhythm and then we added Tom's kind of 
but Tom's got like a really harsh guitar part on it, um, which is just really snarly and gnarly, and it's, it's great. Snarly and gnarly, as if I've ever said that in my life, Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and I was at first, I was just like mumbling words and mumbling lines on top of it, just kind of like having this repeated kind of stanza thing. Um, and then it just turned into what is what is now the track, the finished thing. Um, yeah, I'm really, really proud of it, and I'm glad that it's kind of leading the album, really. Um, I mean, I know Closer went first, but it feels like Gold is the lead single, and that's the the thing we're doing it. I mean, I'm incredibly proud of Closer as well, because that was... That actually changed quite a lot in the studio, which was great, but Gold was... I'm really excited to show people that, for sure. I'm excited to hear it. I really am. Yeah, <laughs> be good. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to. I think also because we've sat on it for a long time, it's gonna be nice to to finally have it out there and have people know it because we've been playing it live for quite a long time. And even when we play it live and people don't know the words, people are kind of going, "Whoa!" Like people are really getting into it, and I'm like, "Okay, cool. This." This works, and we've not really had to tinker with it that much. Um, yeah, very excited. It was it was also the first song we recorded of the album, so like day one, we're like, right, we just know what we're going to go with first. Because um, I think sometimes when we're recording, you kind of like, oh, what should we start with? I don't know. How do we get into it? And I think it's good to just have one song in mind to be like, well, let's do this. Let's get into the swing of it, kind of thing. Yeah. That'd be cool. If you could um summarize the energy of the new album in a sentence or two, what what would you say? Um it's pretty in your face and it's pretty weird. <laughs> that is the best I can do. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's kind of it's pretty unashamedly what it is really does that make sense I don't know um yeah yeah like it I'm glad that it's kind of we in my eyes I think we wrote a pretty bold album that is weird and displays its weirdness but is loud and is in your face and is a pretty confident collection of songs. I think it it, it doesn't hide away at all. It, it kind of stands tall. So, yeah. I gave you a paragraph, not a line there. I apologise, but yeah. No, no, I love it. And I can't wait to hear it. Like, I think if you describe something as weird and it's um, unashamed to be what it is, I'm like, I want to hear that. That sounds good. Yeah, we kind of... I, I, w- what I like is that we, I think each song in my eyes has its own thing. Like it, it, it's, I don't think any of the songs on there sound similar to any of the other songs on there. That's probably going to be a disaster and the worst advice to ever give any other aspiring musicians <laughs> when they write an album or their debut album. Um, but we kind of, we wanted it to feel like a little bit of a journey almost. And I refrain massively from saying it's a concept album. 
because it's not a concept album. But we did have certain ideas of it trying to feel like you're in a nightclub or you're in this mythical like warehouse, kind of like the, and I say it loads, but the, the first nightclub scene in Blade, where this dude's getting dragged around this abattoir and then all of a sudden it's a club and, and the sprinklers come on, it sprays a load of blood and then he realises there's loads of vampires and then he comes in and it's, it's great. Um, and I kind of always had in my head, like, what would it feel like if we were playing at that club? Like, what would we be playing, essentially? What would you be hearing? Um, and there's certain songs. There's a song on there called Catalonia, which is the final song on the, on the album. And it's supposed to feel like you stood outside, like, queuing up, waiting to go in, going through room one, going through room two. And the way that I think my vocal is mixed through it, I never wanted to give too many clues of like, it is this, I am this person doing this. It's all about me and my feelings and my emotions. I wanted it to feel at times like I could either be someone next to you in this said building or club or space, or I could be like the voice in your head a little bit of like, I wanted it to have a bit of turmoil to it and a bit of like anguish. A little bit um because i think when when a lot of people talk about dance music they always just talk about like escapism which then leads to loads of really obvious and cliches cliched statements about drug taking and escaping and feeling free which is fine and, that, and there's loads of that in dance music and, and that's great and that works and that is a thing but like I've walked around nightclubs around South London and also Manchester and gone, I don't feel safe in here. Like this is this is sketchy as hell. But also I don't want to leave and it's great. Like this real like conflicting emotion, I suppose. Um, and I wanted there to be feelings of that. Do you know what I mean? I don't want it to I didn't want just another typical dance music, escapism, like, let's take loads of drugs and feel amazing, like, because I think also there were a lot of guitar bands that have done that and they failed really badly at doing that because um, it's just a really obvious, boring statement to make. So I wanted, I wanted it to feel a little bit different, I think. So I think that's why it's kind of a little bit aggy in places and a little bit kind of, I don't want to say spooky, at all, so I'm, I'm refraining really but hard from <laughs> saying it's spooky because um, it's also not like a horror show, but like I wanted it to just I wanted it to feel like there's a different kind of atmosphere, there is the escapism part, but there's also a bit of like turmoil I suppose, is maybe how I would describe it Um. And that is what I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm really proud of and can't wait to show people. I think each song in their own right has good elements of that. Um, and I kind of like playing with elements that like match loud, quiet, loud, quiet, which is nothing new. But it, I just like that tension and release thing. Um, 
and you, you you're pulling people with you and letting it go um because then when you do it live it's just like no bad feeling of just like a crowd going wild but you're like building it and building it and building it and building it and it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and then you finally release it's just like yeah it's great it's wicked yeah that's cool i think it's good because with a lot of dance music for some people, I know it can make them feel like it's not for them if they're not that person that wants to be like, I don't know, pilled up in the corner of a club. They feel like dance music just isn't for them. So to hear it from a different angle and it's not just about escape a bit, escape a bit, 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 escapism. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got there in the end. Is uh, is is fun because I think you'll get a different audience that might not always listen to dance music it might not be their go-to just because they don't feel like it's for them yeah I, I think also like yeah when we first started out as a band I was very much like no there can be no synthesizers and electronic sounds at all we are four and we shall do it the traditional way and <laughs> and sorry my I'm just getting tons of notifications whilst I'm doing it. There's loads of bleeps and bloops going on in the background, so I apologise. Um, Don't worry. No, it, it, yes, and that's kind of how it started. And then I just realised that it was just a stupid approach and it's just not necessary. And I think, so then when it came to doing what we, we've done with this album, it was like, for that exact reason, there's a lot of people that don't get into dance music for those reasons and they don't want to take a load of drugs and, and get really hot and sweaty and pushed about in a nightclub. Um, and that's why I still wanted it, even though I wanted it to be inspired by these places, I wanted it to still sound like a rock album. Like arguably I, in, in my eyes, this album is less punk and it's actually a bit rockier in places. Um, and I still wanted the guitars to be like, like right at the front and like screeching in your, in your face. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted my vocals to sit back at points. I don't want the vocal to always be the front and centre thing. I think when you listen to a lot of Nine Inch Nail stuff and like um, the track that I like worshipped um, was Complication. And it's like the vocals are so, in, and I think that's actually an instrumental track, but there's other tracks on there that is like, the vocals sit really far back and everything else is absolutely slammed against the wall. And I love that. Like, and it's an interesting way to approach electronica. And that's kind of how I wanted it to feel and sound. Because like you say, not everyone who goes to nightclubs want to hear dance music or want to hear house music. Some people only want to listen to slamming techno. Some people who go to nightclubs also love guitar music and love that slammed in your face. So you can there's there's another experience there other than tropical house and like drug taking. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. It's it's been a fun experiment, I'll put it that way. Yeah. I'm excited to hear it. I'm really excited. Um so we've made it to the end of the interview so you've just got one last question left that I ask for uh, to everyone 
if you could have absolutely anything you wanted on your rider, what would be on it? I had to think about this and I found it really difficult. Like, really, really, really difficult. Um, and I thought of a load of things. I'm like, that just makes me sound like a total princess. So I'm not going <laughs> to say them. Um, it's fine. Be a princess. You can have anything you want. Because part of it, I guess, <laughs> is to you don't have to worry about being perceived as a princess. Go full Mariah Carey on it. Um. I could only really think of stuff that I would only want directly after a show or before a show. Like, I wouldn't choose a pool table because I wouldn't end up playing it because, like, I can't get into it like that. I've got to, like, when I've got a show, I've essentially just got to lock myself in a room and not talk to anyone for a bit and just, like, stare at the wall and drive myself crazy and, like, really, really heighten myself up so that when we're about to go on, I just, like, open the door and go out and it just explodes. So playing pool and focusing on that would be the worst thing for me. Um, <laughs> um, I love whiskey. So I'm going to go for a bottle of Bushmills or Jameson's. Which sounds like I'm promoting alcoholism, <laughs> but it's just delicious. And we have this ritual of having a shot or you know, we go on stage. Um, so, yeah, I think a bottle of Bushmills. It doesn't even have to be the, the really expensive ones. Just like, just standard bottle of Bushmills. It's just delicious. Not good old nice Irish whiskey. Chef's kiss. <laughs> um, the other stuff that I thought about that was going to make me sound like a princess was moisturiser. And a towel. Like, I'm not fussed, like, but that makes me sound pathetic. So I don't want that. No, no <laughs> I like, what moisturizer though? I already <laughs> supply my own. So, because I just hate them sitting in a car feeling dry and like, because I sweat so much, just like crazy. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a bottle of wash smells. Do you want like Nivea or La Mer moisturizer? Oh, like, no, the expensive, the expensive shit. Like, yeah. I use Malin and Goats. Their stuff is just, oh, so good. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't be doing with the cheap stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's, it makes me sound like a princess. <laughs> um, Tom just laughs at me all the time now. But it's just, it's got to a point where I just get really annoyed if I don't have it because I just, I just can't concentrate. Um. No, I'm here for yeah. it. I think it's really I important. I wish it had something more interesting, like, a, I don't know, like a kazoo or a banjo or a, like a <laughs> special golden harp. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to lock yourself away, do you want like, um, what are they called? Like a sensory deprivation pod? Ooh. That's not a bad shout, you know. Do you know what? Actually, another, the, well, maybe not, because again, maybe it would make me too calm. So maybe I need just my own, like, padded cell to just go wild in, to like really psych myself up, and really jump about. Do you know what I mean? And just heighten myself. Not actually padded, but like, just to, <laughs> my own room. Because I hate not having my own space to do a vocal warm up. And I'm like, shrieking and making weird noises as other bands are trying to 
get ready and they're looking at me like, you're an idiot. But I'm like, I just, if, if I don't do it, I'll ruin my voice. I can't sing to talk the next day. And it just doesn't feel like I've finished the ritual of getting ready for the show. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, my own room. Just my own room. Oh, I Sounds can't. like I don't want to talk. <laughs> it sounds terrible <laughs> that I'm in a band and I just want my own space. But the band are I used to it, like... no one else is. Yeah. yeah, and when you warm up, especially if you're in front of people you don't know, you don't want other people looking at you because then you don't do it properly because you're like, they're looking at me weird. Cause... Exactly. Can I have a bottle of Bushmills in my own room? That's all I want. That's that's that. It's cheating, but either or. <laughs> Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great talking about the album. Thank you very much for listening to that episode of Rider for the Band. Talking to Harrison was an absolute joy and Talk Show's new album is one that I'm really, really looking forward to. So their new album, Effigy, comes out on the 16th of February and they've already released a couple of tracks from it. So there's Gold and Closer. And I really recommend listening to both of them. I think they are absolutely brilliant and I can't wait to see what they do with the rest of the album. And most importantly for me, I can't wait to see how they perform live. I will be there when they tour that album. I will make sure that I'm there for at least one of the gigs. I've got to be right. I've got to be. And um, hopefully see you there too. As ever, I'll pop a link to their Spotify, their website, their Instagram in the description below. And then I'll also pop my own, including riderfortheband.com, where you can check out all of the articles that I post. For the next episode, I'll be talking to the band from Galway. They are The Clockworks.